This is the Mindvox podcast hosted by Claire Jacobs. Mindvox is a space to talk about our minds and mental health, so we cover topics that can be of a triggering or sensitive nature. We will always highlight the topics we cover in the show notes of each episode's description, so please read these before listening. Please note we're not medical experts, we're only experts of our own mental health experiences. To find out more about the pod or contact us, find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter using the name Mindvox Pod. Hello everyone, I am happy to be recording on this very rainy day, it's the first rainy day we've had in ages. Um, it did get me up at 3am so I'm not so happy about that and apologise if I talk a bit gibberish or just rubbish as well I suppose I usually do with the old ADHD but it might be a bit worse today because medication's not kicked in yet <laughs> and uh, yeah I've had very little broken sleep so apologies but you do have a skip it button of something like 15 seconds if you need it I've already done about 10 different intros that have all gone wrong so I think I can't be bothered now I will stick with this one um, today's topic is going to be about self-sabotage, self-destruction. I decided to do this because at the moment I think I'm going through a lot of that, whether it's that, whether it's burnout, I don't know, but I'm starting to see some behaviours that are not great in myself. And while I was researching ways for me to get out of that, I kind of thought, well, there might be other people listening to this who are going through similar things or who might in the future and sort of go, well, I need to go back to that particular episode because now I'm starting to see these signs and I don't like it. So I'm hoping it'll be useful. I will also be putting this all up in a blog post on my website, singleparentpessimist.co.uk. Yeah, the pessimism in itself just speaks volumes, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm putting it in there as well in case there's any of it you want to go over again, but you don't want to listen to the whole episode again because I find it easier when people have, have noted it somewhere. Um, if I want to go back and refer and remind myself of the things that I actually do want to try. So this one's called How to Move from Self-Destruction to Self-Care, How to Recognise It and Tips to Get Through It. So for me, self-destruction can mean a lot of things. I did look up the definition, if you like, and what I noticed was a sort of the theme is that self-destruct mode or self-defeating mode is when you are behaving in ways where you're deliberately acting in manners that will negatively impact your own physical or mental health, which then compromises your overall well-being. So these sort of destructive, defeating behaviours can come in quite a lot of forms. It's, it's not always the obvious physical self-harm um, or you know, alcohol or drug abuse. It can be things that people don't always notice. So it can be emotional eating. So whenever you feel any type of emotion, you will eat probably the not so great foods or to excess. You might binge eat regularly. Um, you know, a form of eating disorder and the other one is limiting food. It's almost like punishing yourself by not allowing yourself to have anything. You don't deserve food. Um, you can have way too much caffeine. I did not realise that was a destructive behaviour until I read that and I was like, ooh, not that I definitely don't, I'm far too sensitive to caffeine. 
staying up all night every night watching TV or scrolling on your phone rather than sleeping and then in the morning being angry with yourself and being too tired to actually achieve very much and having that cycle now I didn't realize that was a destructive behavior but yeah it is and it's something you do um, I used to just give myself the, uh, the excuse that oh no it's because I have a child and I don't get much time to myself in the day so I would do it you know that's my time in the evening so I stay up later um, and losing the sleep is worth it for my time. Now, when he was a baby and a toddler and not in nursery very often and, you know, I had him all the time by myself because at that point he wasn't <laughs> seeing his father at all, then, yeah, that made sense to me. I didn't get time to myself. Nowadays, when, you know, he, apart from school holidays, he does go to school, he does regularly see his dad now, which I'm happy about and all that sort of stuff, then... I do get time, so obviously a lot of that's spent doing chores, but that's still like mental time to recharge. So yet I still find myself using the same excuse. So yeah, I can see how I am defeating myself with doing that. But there's other things as well, like not looking after our hygiene. Now, for me, that can happen when I'm depressed, but it can also happen because I have ADHD and very poor memory retention due to that. I literally forget unless I put lots of reminders everywhere. Um, avoiding exercise. I'm definitely doing this one. I will give myself, it's not an excuse, but it is. Like, I have horrific chronic pain in my back long term and it won't go away. And exercise at times does make it a lot worse and I will be unable to move for a few days. So I'm also quite scared of it. And I think that's what I'm realising now. I've got to a point where... I fear those movements in case they trigger something that I cannot explain to you, the pain that, that you experience all day long for four or five days. Um, give me childbirth any day, even though that was 27 hours I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget. Give me that any day. Uh, yeah, but avoiding exercise, so not moving around very much, not doing physical activity at all, just sitting around a lot, that's self, self-sabotage. You know, you're, you're destroying your physical health isolating yourself from friends and family another one i do oh god this like this list is about me but it's not supposed to be about me <laughs> these are just examples um you know self-sabotaging relationships and jobs through you know many ways like being aggressive being rude being avoidant of people controlling people you know all those sort of behaviors are ways of destroying yourself um so i found it really interesting to see it's it's a much bigger thing than than what, what so I suppose society makes us believe uh, self-destruction is. Uh, on TV, you always see it as that person that goes and out on binge drinking sessions or takes drugs or, you know, just goes and commits crimes all the time, doesn't care. Well, it's a lot more than that. It can be so many little subtle things that no one else can notice unless they're with the few. These things as well can be done on purpose, the way you're knowingly doing it consciously, but they can also be ones that you're doing and you're not even aware of it. So it's, it's always key to sort of find ways to check in with yourself and see how you're doing because you literally may not be aware that it's happening. Why do we do these sort of things? Well, I've been reading things in, in, in psychology today, for instance, and I will put the links to, the, to some of the uh, articles that I have read in the show notes in case you want to look at them. But this particular one sort of suggests that we do these self-sabotaging behaviours as a way of 
being sort of our unconscious defences against shame, our own shame. Now, I thought this was interesting because I didn't realise that could be something. I had to read it a few times to try and understand it, and I'm still not sure I totally get it. But um, what I wrote down about it was that these behaviours can be our unconscious defences against the shame we might develop when we're trying to mentally survive and cope with some quite difficult things. Um, these kind of defences help us hide or deny to ourselves the feeling of shame that we have or even project it onto other people. I mean, for myself, I feel that we can also do these things when there's so much going on. And I guess that might even be without saying, like there's so much going on for us or so much stress or pain um, and it's just building and building on the inside if we're not finding a constructive, safe outlet for it. Uh, we not, might not be talking to anyone about it. We might just be on autopilot, which I do a lot. And you sort of end up burning out or going into these sort of self-destructive modes just to sort of, I don't know, break from the difficulties, like break free from it for a bit, deny they're happening, escapism, I don't know. Um, or I think I... I tend to have a lot of anger over every little thing and I think, is that me projecting how I feel inside about myself and I'm sort of projecting it onto other people and other things that aren't going to plan or are causing me stress or whatever. Um, a lot of these behaviours are physical actions that we've talked about, but there are also mentally destructive behaviours that I, I think are the ones that are harder to notice without sort of internal reflection this can be stuff like constant negative self-talk now i've always done this even as a kid it, you know that's why i found cbt quite interesting about that negative triad of thinking and if you can break that it might help but i do struggle hugely to break that um and i do notice i think i once read somewhere where someone said you know how about Imagine the things that you talk to yourself about during the day, the things you tell yourself. Imagine saying those things to someone you care about. Like, would you say them? No, because they're quite offensive and mean. So no, I wouldn't, unless it's someone that I don't like. <laughs> people pleasing is another destructive behaviour. Allowing people to use you and use your time and your energy when, you know, when you're not in this mode, you wouldn't usually allow so this, this can be sort of people constantly asking you for favours that you haven't got the time or energy to do or maybe you haven't got the money but you're giving it anyway. That is destructive mentally for you. Um, but it can also be things like allowing you physically to be used by people you would never usually touch with a barge pole. Um, I've been there and it's a massive form of self-harm. Uh, when... Uh, when you have low self-worth and it just makes that worse even pessimism can be seen as a mentally destructive behavior now hello this is the girl who's called single parent pessimist all over social media and her and her website because i have always labeled myself quite proudly as a pessimist who i believe is, is, is a realist essentially but only as i've got older i've realized that's probably not the best thing but you know i kind of i like name because now it's more ironic where i'm trying not to be pessimistic so I keep it as a reminder of actually that doesn't help to be like that. Procrastination is a big one. Now this is tricky as well because some of these, if you are someone like me with ADHD or autism um, or OCD, things like that, having a neurodivergence, some of these things are traits of it. 
So you're not actually on purpose just trying to destroy yourself. Um, you just have these traits because of the way your brain is wired. But that doesn't mean you can't challenge them when you notice them or reduce them uh, because they could possibly get out of hand to the point where they do start to self-sabotage you more than, you know, they naturally do just by having those tra traits, sadly. Um, even perfectionism is a massive one of mentally sort of sabotaging you. I've always been a perfectionist. It's actually, I didn't realise, a trait of ADHD, um, a trait of divergence in a way, but also a lot of people put that pressure on themselves as a way of, of sabotaging themselves because you can never achieve perfectionism. Nobody can. So you will berate yourselves for it. It gives you a way to be horrible to yourself because you'll never ever achieve it. So you can constantly criticise yourself for not achieving it. So I found that stuff really interesting. Um, I was already aware of, of the little ways that physically you can do this to yourself and destroy yourself or, you know, kind of ruin things. But I didn't realise how much you can do mentally as well that's separate. Um, I found that really eye-opening, I think, to be honest. Um, and I think over time... What I also found intriguing was that if you go into this mode for quite a while, it can lead to things like overthinking constantly about everything, verbal aggression, which I certainly can do at times when I'm highly triggered and I have huge emotional dysregulation, which is another one. And obviously it can also lead to low self-worth or even lower self-worth than you had when you began these behaviours. I think these have these habits that form from these behaviours can be broken, but we have to use tools and we have to practice ways to stop doing them or at least reduce them. So I did have a little look at how can we reduce these or how can we remove them, which would be amazing. And some of the stuff I found, well, was quite interesting. Some of it, it seems like it could be simple, but again, it's going to take practice to break these kind of shame-based patterns we have to take very conscious deliberate action we can't just sit there and hope that in time I might start sorting myself out I might stop doing that or you know maybe in a few weeks once he gets back to school I will start exercising no it doesn't work like that and even hoping that oh, I'll get some willpower soon no these things don't just come we have to make them come and that was a very good reminder for me who I have very much been in the mode of, oh, I might be all right soon. Just give myself some time. Don't worry. Just see how it goes. Well, no, because I've been seeing how it goes for quite a while now and it's not getting any better. So in terms of ways that you can try and help yourself get out of these, these negative cycles and modes, the overall sort of recommendation is to keep your goals quite small and easily achievable at first. You know, you, you don't have the unrealistic expectation that you can fix all of these self-destructive behaviours in a week um, you know of just doing one simple thing like organising an exercise plan or something like that it doesn't work like that um, you will fail sometimes you will slip up because this behaviour is something you've become very used to it's become automatic it's like a comfort blanket so it's easy to slip back into but don't give up because you have done sort of if you're aware at the start that that may happen 
you know that if it does I don't think oh well I fail what's the point go okay yeah I knew this might happen but tomorrow's another day and I sound very like I don't know uh, cliche I suppose in some of this but because I know it's far harder than it I'm making it sound I know that but it's still useful to do these things and, and to see actually I do need to remind myself that because I will fail sometimes at the start until I turn these habits into positive habits I find things that can place them so some of the tips that I found one of them was to start off by having a think about what your triggers might be for your behaviors are there certain things that seem to always lead to you doing that behavior so maybe look at I don't know the last week or so of every time you've behaved in a way that you believe is self-destructive and sort of identify what happened just before that what was I feeling at that moment? What was going on for me? To try and see if there's a pattern. What is also separately, what is going on in my life at the moment that could be challenging? Are, are there things that are impacting me that I could take a look at that might sort of help me to then stop doing these behaviours? So you might be in a job that's really awfully stressful at the moment. You might have a boss that's nasty. You might have colleagues that are expecting too much of you or being horrible to you overworking you those sort of things and rather than sort of standing up for yourself and finding out your rights you're just taking it out on in other ways on yourself so I guess you would notice that and then start going well what can I do to manage my caseload better I'm going to talk to my boss maybe I'll talk to HR and see what my rights are because I'm struggling maybe they'll offer me some therapy there because mentally my work is distressing me you know it could be so many different things Maybe I need a change of career because this isn't working for me. And when you then start to look at that and try and challenge those issues, naturally some of yourself, you know, those nasty behaviours might stop or reduce because you're not constantly being triggered so much. Um, it might be things you can't change, you know, things going on in your family, emotional stuff, physical health. But just being aware of them can sometimes help in itself to sort of give yourself that, you know, well that, of course I feel like this, this is hard for me. Acknowledging that can help. So a way of looking at all this stuff, I mean, I I get distracted easily, so sitting there, I'm just trying to think about that. My head will go into lots of other things, like the food shop I've got to do, what chores have got to be done, you know, is my son all right? Da, 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 da. So actually finding a space for 10 minutes to journal, maybe in the evening before bed or when you first get up, and writing it out can help you identify these things. And then you might start noticing things that you might unconsciously have been avoiding as well. Another tip would be to make a list of what matters to you. So sort of your values and who you want to be as a person, this sort of stuff. This can remind you of who you really are. And it's almost a way of fighting back at the sort of the shame that you're feeling that's causing the behaviours. And it kind of reminds you of how you want to be and how you want to behave. So it might in itself naturally motivate you to start doing these things or acting in these ways. I don't know. I've not tried this, but it's going to be something I will try. If you have done, let me know. <laughs> and did it work? Another important one, I believe, is to think of alternative things that you can do whenever you want to do that actual behaviour. So you could have a list of sort of positive behaviours or constructive behaviours you can do instead. So, for instance, if I tend to, I don't know, eat bad stuff at night when I'm feeling my, my worst or when someone annoys me, I'll, I'll reach for something naughty to eat. Well, if I had a list on the actual fridge of 
you know, when you feel like that, grab a bag of popcorn, just like Callum, that's also sweet taste, you know, grab and, and have a list of the go-tos that are nutritionally better, but also nice, that I will want to eat, that could help. If it's something where you're about to, I don't know, go and have a binge drink session because you feel rubbish, what else do I like doing? I might like going to theatre, I might like going to the cinema, you know, there's a new film that I really want to see, or treat myself to that, or I absolutely love, I don't know, hot stone massages, so instead of that bing, you know, that binge drinking that will cost £100, spend it on a couple of massages over two weeks, and I'm going to have one today, you know, that sort of stuff. What can I replace it with? And that might start your brain thinking about positive ways to deal with these feelings. I might ring a friend instead of rant at my child. You know, anything. These are just random things I'm thinking about um, to try and give you ideas. Um, the other one that I find interesting that I have been told that before, but I just forgot. So this is a really helpful reminder is the 30 minute rule. So when you want to do this thing, whatever it is, overeat, I don't know, call that dodgy friend with benefits who you find vile, but you know, it's, it's a distraction. Give it 30 minutes before you do these things. Give it that space. Don't act on it impulsively and see what happens. Sit with the feeling of whatever's going on at that time, because we do these behaviours to not feel or acknowledge whatever's going on. It's, it's to deny it. So if we actually can't do that for 30 minutes, what might happen? We might sit with something and realise we feel a certain thing. We might notice that we're avoiding something and start processing it. We may at the end of that realise we don't want to go and eat that big tub of Ben and Jerry's because we're not hungry. So it's a really interesting way of doing it. And I think this is the biggest one for me that, that I think will give me quicker insight into what's going on for me um it's also the scariest one <laughs> but i do think that this one's got a lot of good points to try and good reasons to do it i think finding small ways to be kind to yourself can also help to to increase some self-pride and self-worth which is something that you completely lose when you're in this mode it can be tiny things like having a shower making a hot chocolate sitting on the sofa with it Maybe putting a candle on that has your favourite smell. Returning to a hobby that you've just ignored during this, this period. Um, or starting a new one that you've always wanted to try but just haven't got round to. So making a conscious plans of little things to do that are good for you. Even if you think at the moment you don't deserve it, you do. You know, plan a visit to someone that always never fails to you know, make, make you laugh or makes you feel good, a positive person. Book a massage. If you haven't got money, create your own little home spa. Have a nice bath with a scented candle. Put a face mask on. Listen to your favourite podcast or music. You know, just do something that's a bit different that is nice. That's key. Another key thing is noticing your negative thoughts about yourself. Just trying a little task of, I don't know, today I'm going to try and have a, spend 10 minutes being aware of what I thought to myself today. It's just that act of, have I been nice? When that went wrong today, what was I saying to myself? Oh God, yeah, I was calling myself this and everything. I was saying I could never fix it. Da, da, da. And, and analysing it and then challenging it. Maybe write it down on, on paper 
the thoughts you've had that were negative, see them on paper, then underneath, reframe them, challenge them, whether you want to say, no, that's not true, because it was something that wasn't fixable anyway, or no, I'm not a bad person, I just sometimes make mistakes. Reframing, was that right of me to talk that way? So reframing that I am rubbish at cooking could be there's areas of cooking I really enjoy doing so I'm going to learn some more recipes you know turn something from a negative to a positive that might not have been the best example of a reframe <laughs> but you can google how to reframe and get lots of examples that clearly explain it and it's really good a lot of things like I think NLP neurolinguistic programming and solution focus can look at reframing to positive uh, imagine how you would help a friend who is saying something negative about themselves what you would say to them to help them feel better and see it in a different better way that's reframing really bullet journals i need to get back into this i've had this before they're a really good way of keeping track of what you're doing whether that's a practical goal of i need to clean this house and do work and there's so many things i can't remember them all that keeps you on track but it's also for things that you're trying to actively change habit wise you can do habit tracking with a bullet journal Google bullet journals, I might try and put a link down in the show notes about what they are. Um, you can make them yourself, you don't need to buy a fancy one, just use a notebook. Self-compassion is another big one. Sorry, it's a massive list, isn't it, really? I hope it's not boring, but this is just, I find this stuff really important. And that's why I have written it on the blog as well, so that it's all there and you can just refer to the bits that you want to try rather than the whole thing. Practicing self-compassion, that's a massive one we're not going to achieve change straight away as i've said um there's going to be slip-ups and there's someone called kristen neff who is a leading person within research about self-compassion she has a lot of great meditations and talks about why it's vital to do on youtube and places like that and her website i think she's also got a workbook which i i have the workbook and started to work through um to look at how to be kinder to yourself because she has found through a lot of studies and research that if you're not kind to yourself, you're not going to improve. The more you sit there and beat yourself up about what you're failing at, the less likely you're ever going to change that. Because you're, you know, if you keep beating, 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 beating yourself, you're just going to fall to the floor in pain. If you're kind to yourself, like we're kind to our friends who are struggling, it can boost you to carry on. Uh, it can help increase your motivation and boost your self-love and self-respect so that you might not want to do these behaviours to yourself because you have a bit more respect for yourself and you actually understand that, you know, it's okay, I'm going through a tough time right now. This is hard. This won't be forever. I'm doing the best I can. Those sort of things are far better for your motivation to change than to sit there and say, you're useless, I'm failing at everything, I will never be better, I'm always going to hurt people. You see the difference just by hearing those two different ways of speaking there's lots of self-help books out there where you focus on the future and how to improve things in small chunks so i would recommend anything solution focus anything neuro-linguistic planning cbt can help people it's not always great for neurodivergence because basically cbt was created by studying neurotypical brains and how they the thought process for a neurodivergent brain is completely different so an autistic brain and adhd brain we don't think in the same way so dbt can help that instead which is dialectical behavioral therapy 
talking to someone you trust about how you're feeling and how you've been acting, you know, just saying the words out loud or writing it in a journal to yourself, seeing those words can help you internalise it a bit, a bit differently, can help you bring it to the surface and start actioning against it. Um, there are other therapies, other things you can try, whether it's EFT tapping, mindfulness is amazing for grounding yourself and helping you become more aware of your body and your mind. Meditation, it's not as easy, you know, mindfulness and meditation are much harder to do than they sound for a lot of us. Dancing therapies, somatic therapies, anything that might connect you back to you. There's free apps like, I like the Insight Timer, because there's so many mindfulness meditations and other types of meditation on there there's talks on self-care and self-compassion so many things to sort of inspire you but also teach you ways to kind of reflect on yourself and improve yourself that i find really interesting and it doesn't cost money there is obviously a paid version of it to get more but there's a lot of stuff on the free version um i've had it for well over a year and i still haven't every day they're putting on new stuff so I would, I would recommend looking at those because with mindfulness, if you are doing it regularly, apparently it's very good at naturally reducing how often you're triggered because you're more stable mentally, you're more aware of your mood, you're more able to recognise when you're starting to get to a point where you might want to do that behaviour so you, you have time to stop it. And that is definitely an area I would like to try and focus on for myself. Anyway, I hope some of that's been useful. I think any other suggestions that you might have and what has got you out of sort of self-destruct mode, please send them in to me via any of the socials. We've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we are at MindVoxPod. Um, you could, if I get enough of them, I might create a pod episode on the tips that everyone else has got. That'd be nice. Um, as I said, I have all of this information on my website singlepointpersons.co.uk there will be a link to the, the actual article in the show notes as well as the articles that i have read up on this stuff to give you this information thank you for listening this week uh yes it was me on my own i have got some other interviews lined up i hope you've been enjoying ones where i interview people but also ones where i'm on my own if you've got any ideas for any topics you want me to look at or if you want to be interviewed get in touch the socials or in the show notes i have got a little tiny quick survey um, link which is a form which tells us where you can just write down the titles of things you want us to explore in other episodes it's got the ability for you to leave details if you want to be contacted to be interviewed this is not a paid for pod i do not make money from this this is purely me wanting to encourage people to be more open about mental health because this is a big passion for me that being said running this pod so buying it i need to buy another microphone because this is dying <laughs> using the equipment to record you know the time and money to edit and upload and maintain the website these things do cost me personally money so if ever you want to donate anything like the price of a coffee i do have a link in the link tree which will also be in show notes where you can donate in a pound um it's up to you obviously i if you don't you don't i will still keep doing this as much as i can until gas and electric bills kill me and i can't, I can't do it but i will still try and do it as much as i can <coughs> because i love i love doing it 
Anyway, thank you for listening and hopefully see you soon. If you've liked this episode, please help us out by liking, subscribing or leaving us a review as this helps us to reach more people. If you've got any ideas about topics to cover on future episodes or questions about the pod or you even want to be interviewed for it, please get in touch on our socials using at mindvoxpod on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter or email us on mindvoxpod at gmail.com. Thank you.